John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. Today I'm continuing on with this subject that I've been looking at for the last few podcasts about the truth. But what I want to look at today is issues surrounding what the Bible has to say about those who fail to hear the truth. Now, one of the things that we're told, there are many opportunities where people can fail to get the truth. And we see in Mark chapter 13 that when the apostles and disciples sat down with Jesus, as he had been speaking to them about the uh, temple, and they'd been pointing out all of the marvellous stones and the buildings around the temple, Jesus said this because they asked him when it would be that he would return, his second coming. And Peter, James, and John, and Andrew asked him privately, saying to him in Mark 13, verse 4, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign when these things are all to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, Take heed that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. Now what we see in these words is Jesus, the very first thing that he spoke to them about in relation to his return was, don't be led astray. Don't be deceived. And there are many deceivers. There are many deceptive doctrines in this world. There are many deceptive doctrines in the churches today. Now, if he said these words, he spoke these words to his uh, disciples and apostles back in those days, but he was really talking to us. The reality is he was talking about these things for the time of his second coming. Now, here we are 2,000 years later from when he actually spoke these words, roughly, roughly, and we are the people he's talking to because his return is very close. All of the signs in Scripture, all of the prophecies in Scripture are pointing to his return, and they are very close. And he was saying to them, and he's saying to us, do not be led astray. Don't be deceived, because that's what the devil's going to do. He is the deceiver. So let's have a look at some of the Scriptures to do with those who fail to hear the truth and what their situation will be. And I'm going to go over into the second letter of Thessalonians, chapter 2. Now, I've already mentioned that uh, the devil is the, the great deceiver. And we read this about, about him and what he will be doing, particularly in this time, in our time. He's been doing it since, well, Adam and Eve. But he is particularly focused on deceiving those who are living in this time in the days leading up to the return of the Lord. And we see this in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'm going to read from verse 9. The coming of the lawless one by the activity of Satan will be with all power and with pretended signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are to perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends upon them a strong delusion to make them believe what is false so that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, here is the situation we have. For the people who do not listen to the Lord, who refuse to listen to the Lord, we're seeing here that the activity of Satan will be with pretended signs and wonders. And these are the things that we're going to see. Pretense, deception. And he talks about in verse 10 there, he says, with all wicked deception to the, for those who are to perish, because they refuse to love the truth. Now, here are the people who are not looking for the truth. They don't want to know the truth. In fact, they reject it utterly. They refuse to love the truth and so be saved. And what makes it worse is for these people, those who are truly opposing the Lord, God sends upon them a strong delusion 
these people are deluded and it's allowed to happen by God. He is the one who sends the strong delusion upon them to make them believe what is false. Now, we do not want to be caught up in that delusion. There are many deluded people in this world today. There are many forms of delusions. There are many doctrines that have been uh, spoken in the churches that are nothing more than delusion. There are many things that are said in the name of Jesus Christ that have no basis whatsoever in the scripture and have no basis whatsoever in the gospel in Christianity. So these people, they didn't believe the truth and they had pleasure in unrighteousness. They chose to do and love what was evil in the sight of God. And so they are going to be condemned. They will perish, as it says, with all wicked deception for those who are to perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. So that's the first scripture. The next scripture I want to go over into is in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Now, in 1 Timothy 6, we need to look at uh, the words. I'm going to start reading from around about verse 2, and we'll go down into the bit that I'm looking for. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brethren. Rather, they must serve all the better, since those who benefit by their service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these duties. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching which accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit, he knows nothing, he has a morbid craving for controversy and for disputes about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, base suspicions, and wrangling among men who are depraved in mind and bereft of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Now, here are these people who are using godliness or using Christianity or using religion as a means for personal gain, the gains of this world. And we know there are plenty out there who do this, who do this very thing, seeking to gain some advantage, whether it be a financial advantage or power or prestige or uh, any of the other things that the world looks up to, and they use this. And what are they doing? He says in verse 3, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching which accords with godliness, so anyone who doesn't agree with the truth, basically, is what he's saying, this is what he's saying about those people. These are the ones who reject the truth. He's saying in verse 4, He is puffed up with conceit. They are conceited. They think they're better than anyone else. They think that they have uh, rights to things that others don't. They think they are entitled to things. He is puffed up with conceit. He knows nothing. So their knowledge of the truth, and that's really what it's talking about, they have none. They have no knowledge of the truth. He has a morbid craving for controversy and for disputes about words. And we know there are controversies going on in the church. There are conspiracy theories going on in the church. And that's the kind of thing he's talking about. These controversies, they don't lead to anything good. They only lead to contention and disputes and arguments, none of which belong in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these controversies and disputes produce envy, dissension, so that's fighting and wrangling amongst people, slander, where one person slanders another and they slang off at each other, and base suspicions, so people become suspicious of others on the basis of what's being said, and wrangling among Men who are depraved in mind and bereft of the truth. And here is the problem. They are depraved in their thinking 
and they have none of the truth. They are bereft of the truth. They don't have any truth in them. So these are other people who are not going to seek the truth. And what will happen to them? They will be lost. And that, and, and the last bit in that verse 5 says, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. And that's what they use godliness for, to pad their own nests, to feather their own nests, to get their own personal gains, to get things that they want, not the good of others. And, of course, he goes on in verse 6 and he says, there is a great gain in godliness with contentment. That's the thing. Once we learn how to be content, it doesn't matter about anything else that this world does. It doesn't matter if you've got money or you don't have money, if you've got property or you don't have property, if you've got assets or food or clothes or anything. None of those things matter when you understand the truth of godliness because you can learn how to be content as Paul wrote somewhere else, he learned how to be content in any situation. Whether he was in want or whether he had plenty, he was content. So moving on, I'm going to read from Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 18, um, where it talks about some who have swerved from the truth. So verse 18 says, actually I'll go back to verse uh, 15 it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And this is, this is a, an instruction that was given to Timothy, but it's also an instruction to us. We need to rightly handle the word of truth. Moving on to verse 16, Avoid such godless chatter, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will eat its way like gangrene. Among them, Hermenius and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth by holding that the resurrection is past already. They are upsetting the faith of some. Now, that's a very serious situation, and I have seen people in churches who have questioned whether or not there was ever a resurrection. And if they don't believe there's a resurrection in a church, for that matter, then I don't know what they believe, because without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. Christianity, the very at the root core, the very basic foundation of Christianity, is our belief that Jesus Christ died and he was resurrected. So if we don't believe the resurrection, then we, we, we don't have Christianity. And so it's important. And, and there are many other people. I mean, I've, I've heard preachers, or heard of preachers, who have said that they don't believe there was a an Adam and an Eve, a Mr. Adam and a Mrs. Eve. You know, they believe that, uh, that uh, well, to be honest, I don't know what they believe. I mean, if you don't believe the truth of the Bible, then what do you believe? You know, the Bible is quite clear. God created man and then he created woman and he put the two together and he called one Adam and he called the other one Eve. Now, if you don't believe that, then I don't know what people believe. But the important question, the important thing I should say, is that, after he said they are upsetting the faith of some, and that's what these people do, because they raise these questions and people start to ponder and wonder, well, if there's no Adam and Eve or, you know, if there's no resurrection, then um, what else isn't there? Or what else should I not be thinking about? They are upsetting the faith of some. But the next scripture in verse 19 says, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. And this is the thing that we need to do. We need to seek the truth. We need to follow the truth so that we, too, depart from that path of iniquity. 
Um, going over into the next scripture in Second um, Timothy 3, I'm going to look at verse 6, which says this. For among them are those who make their way into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and swayed by various impulses, who will listen to anybody and can never arrive at the knowledge of the truth. As Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth, men of corrupt mind and counterfeit faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those men. Now, here is a situation we see where these are, and again, he's talking about the people in the church, and he's saying there are those in the church who go from house to house. They walk into households and they capture weak women, maybe not in a physical sense, but certainly in a spiritual sense, who are burdened with sins and swayed by various impulses. And so these are people, and it and it's not just women, even though it says women here, it's not just women. There are men who are burdened in these same ways. There are men who are easily swayed and who uh, fall under the power of these ones who are, who are doing this. And the challenge they have is they'll listen to anybody. They will listen to anybody, and that's the problem. They listen to anybody rather than seek the truth. Now, I've seen some interesting things recently um, as I've been traveling around this country. I drop into churches on a regular basis, uh, different churches, and I've seen something that really bothers me. And that is that in many of these churches that I've, I've seen, there are people who are preaching from the platform and they hardly even use the Bible. You know, they might quote one scripture out of the Bible in a 30 to 45 minute sermon. Uh, but they will talk often about things that were said by other writers. I mean, I've even seen one uh, who were using films, Pixar films, Disney films, to uh, talk about things from the platform when they should be preaching the Word of God. Now, the problem is, if they're not preaching the Word of God, how are people going to understand the truth? How are they going to learn the truth? And that is a real concern for me. That's a real, it's something that I am really concerned about because, as it says here, they will listen to anybody and can never arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Well, the reason why they can't arrive at a knowledge of the truth is because they're not hearing the truth. I mean, I hear them talk and they quote some of the great Christian men of the past times, people like uh, Smith Wigglesworth or uh, uh, C.S. Lewis or. Um, Oswald Chambers, um, John Wesley, uh, and people like that. And they will quote some of the things that they've said. But what they should be doing, and, and I have no problem with, uh, with many of the things that those people said, but the important thing for all of us is to go back to the Word, go back to the Scripture. That's what these men were talking about. You know, all, all of these great Christian men from the past, they were concerned about what was written in the Word. But the people today are more concerned about what these people wrote about, what was written about, what was written. And it's a bit like, you know, that childhood game of Chinese whispers. Uh, and once it gets, it travels down the line, then the people at the end of the line are not getting exactly the same thing as what was set up the front of the line. The only way that you can ensure that you are hearing the truth is to go back to the scripture as delivered by Jesus Christ himself, as delivered by God in the, uh, the Old and the New Testament. And we only have to look at the example that Jesus gave when he was tempted and tested by the devil in the wilderness, which you can read about in Matthew chapter 4. Every temptation that the devil threw at him, he overcame by saying, it is written. 
and he quoted scripture. And even when the devil tried to use scripture against him, as he did in one of those uh, particular temptations, Jesus still said, well, you're wrong, devil, because you're trying to make me test God and tempt me to tempt God to do what you want me to do. And he says, no, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And so here we see this this challenge that we all have. If we want to find the truth, we have to go back to the author of the truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. So if we want to know the truth, we've got to go to Jesus, who is the truth. And Jesus, who also said about God, he said, he said about God, thy word is truth, which I've used elsewhere in this uh, in this series. Thy word is truth. So if you want the truth, you don't listen to all of these other things who will listen to anybody, as it says there in 2 Timothy 3, verse 7, these people who will listen to anybody and can never arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Don't listen to everybody or anybody. Listen to Jesus. Go to the scripture. Go to the word. Listen to what that has to say. And if you find something that you don't understand, then you fall back on the other promises that the Lord gave, where he said, seek and you will find, ask and it will be given, knock and it will be open to you. These are promises the Lord gave. If you're looking into his word, he will open it up to you. Right, so moving on from there, I want to go over into the next chapter, into 2 Timothy 4. And I'm going to read from um, verse 3. It says, for the time is coming, and I think when this was written, when Paul wrote this, he probably didn't realize he was actually writing about our time. I mean, there are other times prior to this too, but this is a problem that is occurring definitely in our time right now. When he said, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. Now, this is exactly what I've been talking about. Ministers today are often quoting other ministers or other people who have written about the Lord or other believers who have existed in the past. So they're listening to, um, or they're accumulating for themselves teachers to suit their own likings, rather than going into the word itself. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. These people that, I'm, that uh, he spoke about here in 2 Timothy 4, the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. They are the ones who are not looking for the truth. They won't find the truth. They've stepped away from the truth. They will lose and they will be lost. You cannot be like that. I cannot be like that. We have to seek the truth. And the only way we're going to find the truth is to go to Jesus himself and to read his word. So, moving on from there, I want to go into Second Peter chapter 2, I'll read from verse 1. And here again, we see this same thing happening again today that he's talking about here. Verse 1, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their licentiousness, and because of them... The way of truth will be reviled. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. From of old, their condemnation has not been idle and their destruction has not been asleep. Now, this again is another thing that's happening today. It's another situation. We have false prophets and false teachers in the church today. 
false prophets and false teachers who are bringing in false doctrines and false teachings designed to lead you astray, to lead you away from the truth, to lead you away from Jesus Christ. And it says there, and many will follow their licentiousness. They are licensing people to do evil in what they are doing. They are licensing people to believe what is false. And because of them, the way of truth will be revived. There are many things that are written in the Bible that are being reviled because people choose to believe what is false. Or they have accepted false teaching that was handed down from generation to generation to generation. Many teachings that are just, they have no basis whatsoever in the scripture. They've just been handed down through generations and people now accept them as gospel. And they may not be. In fact, in many cases, they are not. So we need to be aware of that. We need to be careful because these people who follow these things, because they have chosen to reject the truth, have chosen to have the truth reviled, those people will be lost. And we cannot afford to have that. If we want to find the truth and walk in the truth, then we need to listen to these things. We need to follow in these things. So the next uh, scripture, and this is the last one we're going to have a look at on this, about those who fail to hear the truth. James chapter 3, I'll read from verse 13, where it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good life, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This wisdom is not such as comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. So here's another thing. Where there is bitter jealousy, and sometimes you you actually see it in churches. I, I, I hate seeing this, where one person or one group of people are jealous of someone else in the church because maybe they've got a gift and this one hasn't and all this sort of thing. And I mean, it may even not be to do with things to do with the church. But, you know, there are those who have selfish ambition. They want to be the top dog. They want to be the boss. They want to be the kingpin. This is not what you've been called to. In Jesus Christ, you have been called to serve not to be served. Just as Jesus said himself, he came to serve and not be served. The truth is not about being the top dog. The truth is about serving the Lord and serving his people. And we have to make sure that we do that so that we don't have any bitter jealousy or selfish ambition in our hearts and therefore boast and be false to the truth. It's no it's no reason to boast because people speak well of you, then you could be false to the truth. And if you're false to the truth, then you're accepting a lie. And we don't want to be accepting lies. We want to be able to walk in the truth because Jesus is the truth. And the only way that we can get into his kingdom is by following the truth. So that's all I want to say uh, this week about those who fail the truth. Um, I want to move on next week and look at how to find the truth. And that's going to be very important for us. So until next week, This is John from freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and saying, I hope you have a blessed week ahead and I thank you for being with me today. God bless.